0: Good morning and welcome to a mini edition of Sounds Japanese Canadian to Me. And why it's a mini edition is because Raymond and I were talking over coffee a couple of weeks ago. Tea actually. Tea. And uh, he was telling me about his family and how there was these words that came into... um, that he thought were Japanese words, but in fact they were English words pronounced with the Japanese accent, that he grew up just thinking they were always Japanese. So we wanted to look into this idea of the languages trading and going back and forth. But unfortunately, there's not much in the way of um, Japanese and Canadian, the English language and the Canadian language. So I did find some interesting things, but it's more Japanese related, like in Japan, English going over to Japan and what happened there. So I thought I would just share that with you guys because it is pretty cool.
1: Do they call it Japlish?
0: No, they call it, well, there's
1: two
0: <laughs> There's two things. First of all, well, first we're going to talk about pigeon and, um, what that is, it's, um, a linguistic term not the bird not the per- bird it's spelled p-i-d-g-i-n and so what that is is it's simplified language that develops as a mean of communication between two or more groups that do not have a language in common and it may be built from words sounds or body language from multiple languages and cultures and it usually rose up where two countries would meet and be trading and so this is exactly what happened um in the Yokohama da- district where uh, a form of pigeon grew up uh, between English sh- sailors and the Japanese living there during the Meiji era. And so I thought it was interesting that some of the English that crept into Japanese at the time was um, they would call, Japanese people uh, in Yokohama would call European dogs kumiya or kumiya. And the reason why they were called this is because You know why? No, I'm just guessing. It's like, come here? Yeah, exactly. They would hear the Americans (laughs) yelling to their dogs, come here, come here. And so that's how European dogs became comillas. Isn't there
1: some story like that about how Canada got named?
0: uh, It's a village. Like they said, something to do with coming... You can come to our Canada or something, which meant village. Huh. And they assumed it meant the whole country, something like that. Yeah. And I'm not, I can't remember. Hmm. It was one of those heritage moments commercials oh, that is coming yeah. in my head. Um, another term was sake, which was uh, tacked onto English alcohol. So beer sake or ake sake, which meant red sake for claret, which is a type of wine. And then there was also square face sake, which is um what sailors would call gin because they came in square bottles. Most gin did. So if you want some square faced sake meant gin. And then I'd go get square
1: faced. Was, yeah, was a
0: different... so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know probably. And then this is the one that um Raymond talked about that his parents that I thought was hilarious and it's the Haikera people. And um it's Do you want to, do you want to explain? You say it because you can. Haikara. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, a funny thing. I was just talking to this man the other day in Steveston and he had he used the same word that, and he didn't know very much Japanese. He's, I don't know if he's Nisei or Sansei, but he went to Japan and didn't know that much Japanese. And that was one of the words he thought he knew. And then the Japanese over there were kind of laughing because it's sort of from the previous century kind of thing.
0: (laughs) So they did know it though.
1: Well, I guess so. It must be a residual. It's just not part of common language anymore. Yeah. And the idea of it being high collar, of, of high fashion, of being fancy or sophisticated.
0: Yeah. So say it again. Say high collar and high. High kara. Yeah. And high collar. Oh,
1: high collar. Yeah. And so my parents, when our family went to Japan for a visit, they're, they're Nisei and um, they just use it as a matter of course. And then the people we met over there didn't know. They, they thought it was very strange. How would was...
0: they use it in a sentence?
1: Uh, well, if they were referring to something that looks really nice, oh, that you know, that's very high. High Well, they would say oh, all the other Japanese words associated with it, <laughs> but they would have high within there.
0: Okay, okay. So they actually used it as if it was a Japanese word. Yeah, yeah. When speaking Japanese. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh. As, as an adjective.
0: And so that's what. And that's what this um, said. where Japanese people would put it in, would intersperse in their daily conversation, the English borrowings. So high collar, I guess, was something that was used around the 1900s in English speaking. And so those two words were adopted into, to mean the same thing, but with the Japanese accent in, a Japanese, in the Japanese language. So, and then that actually became, to note, like a group of people too, like high collar people who were very into the Western thing, and mm. would uh, intersperse other um, English words into the Japanese language to seem like they were more en vogue and worldly mm. around the 1900s. And then it, after World War II, there was something called Bamboo English, which I think is, I like that name, better than uh, anything else. What were, Englandese? What were you saying?
1: <laughs> no, well, you hear of of Japlish. Yeah, When I think they use English words in weird ways on Japanese clothing and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, English
1: words that don't really make sense to you. Yeah. I, I, when I was teaching little kids in Japan and they would show me their clothing and they'd say, what does this mean? And I'd say, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, there's Japanese now, but after World War II it was called bamboo English. And what this was was... Japanese pidgin English jargon developed by American military personnel and Japanese on U.S. military bases in occupied Japan. And unlike the Yokohama dialect, it was the Americans who took on Japanese words. So it's the exact opposite of what was happening before. And so two famous examples, which are still around today, are Sayonara which did not lose its meaning during translation, although some military men had trouble with the R and switched it to a D. So instead of sayonara, it became sayonara. And I hear people say sayonara a lot still. Have you never heard that? No. Okay. Who
1: who, who do you hear that from?
0: I don't know, like ridiculous people in my hometown who would be like, (laughs) sayonara. I don't know. I can hear people saying it when I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense.
1: I guess we hang out with different people. Probably, yeah.
0: And then the second one is sakuhachi, which almost sounds like sakatumi, which is still around today, and it's derived by folk etymology from the Japanese sakah- sakuhachi.
1: Oh, shakuhachi.
0: Shakuhachi. The Heki. instrument. Yes, and um, the wind instrument. Exactly, and it literally translates to one foot eight inches. Was is the Japanese name for the Chinese instrument by the played by the NATO vendor as he made his nightly rounds? Am I saying it right? That gooey Oh the Natto. Nato, yeah. I
1: didn't um, know they had separate vendors. Hmm.
0: Well, this is this is right after World War Two, so oh. things might have changed. And he had a shakuhachi. Yeah. So the figure sense of the phrase is go to hell. And I, <laughs> And I'm not sure how, but the literal translation. Go not the...
1: natto. Is that what <laughs>
0: Well, maybe. I don't know oh. if they liked it. But the literal translation to the GI made them think there was some sodomy aspect to it. And so when. Because of the shape
1: would... of the shakuhachi.
0: Is that why? I, I don't, don't know, know what it looks like. I have there's... no idea why. Well, it's I'm just, like a I long go... <laughs> instrument. It's
1: just sort of. I think there are some other maybe implications people... of that.
0: Yeah, maybe people are just vulgar. So, anyways, when they would say it, they would gesticulate with their hips like and you still see people doing and that's where that whole thing came from like the Sakatumi thing.
1: Really? That's yes. from Japanese? Some, yes. some...
0: Sakahachi. Sakahachi. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> so those are the two that I have that came over. So bamboo English. And then so now we'll turn to like the ones that you were telling me about in when we were having tea which I really found interesting.
1: Okay well One of them I heard more recently was uh, denbazuke. Okay. And I thought that was a Japanese word until I saw the label. And the denba is for Denver, which is short for New Denver. And so this kind of pickle was somehow developed in New Denver. Okay. And so they actually call it denbazuke.
0: Where did you hear that word? In Houston.
1: No, actually, uh, uh, there was some food sale here at the Nikkei Center. Yeah. And then I looked at the label, you know, the yellow pickle things, the pickled radish, and that's what they were called.
0: Okay, so you only heard it, and then... That's right. I hadn't, It was
1: only when I saw the, that.
0: That um, you understood.
1: Yeah. So that was a more recent one. When I was growing up, then we would call it underwear dorosu. And apparently, it wasn't until years later I found out that was related to drawers.
0: Okay, so dorosu is underwear. Yeah. yeah. So...
1: Why? Sorry. What do you mean why?
0: Well, so Dorosu just means. Drawers. Su, like. No, me it's
1: mean... just the, the Japanese pronunciation of drawers. Like, you know, drawers, okay. underwear. Yeah, do, yeah. yeah. Do, drawers is do, <laughs> Dorosu, like that. Okay. That's all. And uh, then the other one for washroom, it's not really, it's not from English, but I guess it's more common. We always call it Benjo, which. Is considered impolite, I think, in modern Japanese. Okay. Even though, technically, if you look at the kanji, the characters, it just means convenience place, but. Um,
0: it has some negative. Context. Yeah.
1: So now I think in polite terms, you're supposed to say oterai if you're going to refer to the washroom. Okay. Uh, those are the main ones I can think of offhand.
0: No, the, my favorite one for basement.
1: Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't remember actually using this one, but my parents would talk about it. Is, uh, they would call it Dambido. doll," <laughs> so that was from down below. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, was, I might have learned more of them if when I was little, except my grandfather was deaf, so we didn't really talk that much.
0: Okay. But down below, I love down below. There's probably a few more that people have floating around, and they probably don't even realize that they're saying English words.
1: Yeah, yeah. But this is the kind of thing where uh, we solicit input from people who happen to be yes. listening. If anybody's actually listening and has something to contribute, then... <laughs> yes, please let us know if that's we That's the kind anymore. of
0: thing we need. So that is our very short edition on, I guess, what do you call it? Pigeon? Maybe Canadian... <laughs> no no instead of english
1: yeah something like that Okay. Right. uh sayonada
0: <laughs> sayonada <laughs>